0: Hello, everyone. Cheryl Arkell for On My Watch podcast. Since you took your love away. Artists for ceasefire. Peace. Well, that was last night at the 2024 Grammys, and that was Annie Lennox paying tribute to Sinead O'Connor By singing Nothing Compares to You as a tribute to Sinead, but ending with a call for peace and a ceasefire, clearly directed um, at Palestine. Now, it really moved me. It moved me because I think this is a really complex moment for me. And I want to share that with you. There's been a bit of contention. I've seen some conversation this morning around whether it was enough. Is it just a token gesture? For me, it was it was really personal, and it really spoke to me, and it was powerful because a lot of you may not know an age where I do know this. I think there is a double meaning behind Annie's call for peace and cease fire, and doing it while she's paying tribute to Sinead O'Connor. And I'm going to share that with you for those of you that may not know the story. Sinead O'Connor claimed that she was abused by certain people in the Catholic Church. And that was very, very early on in her career. She made that claim. And I think there's a connection with Annie paying tribute to to Sinead with that claim and calling out Gaza because it's talking in a way about protest and how we protest. And I feel, because there's been a lot of conversation about this lately, like, you know, are we sharing too many images of Palestinians being dehumanised, you know, only showing the atrocities? And a lot of Palestinian people, and I understand this, want us to see Palestinians as people and they want us to see them in present day, like us and the way we're living. And that's indeed how they lived until Israel decided to um, impose a genocide on the Palestinian people. So I understand that this issue is quite complex and it's a trigger for a lot of people, but I'm coming from my perspective today because that, when I woke up to this this morning, it was so powerful, not just in its calling out for a ceasefire. It was so powerful in that, and and I've struggled with this, you know, I've struggled with being an advocate at the moment being a voice for for Palestinian people being a voice for against violence against genocide against ethnic cleansing and you know it's got me into a lot of trouble as you know I've shared that with you but it doesn't come without its stresses and without its anxiety and i will say and you know this isn't about me millions of us i think are feeling this way not just me but I am constantly questioning myself. Am I doing the right thing? Am I using the right words? Am I sharing the right image, images? Am I not doing enough? Am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? All those things I question every day. But, do you know, honestly, from the heart, every morning I make my toast and coffee. And for, you, for those of you who know me, you'll know that's very important for me. I make my toast and coffee And I contemplate what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do today regarding the atrocities that are happening in Palestine, the atrocities that are happening against the Palestinian people. And I try to be as measured as I can, but I'm always questioning myself. Is this the right thing to do? And do you know what always comes to me is... If it feels right, Cheryl, and if it's coming from your heart, Cheryl, then it is the right thing to do. And I read a lot, I research a lot, and I really believe that at this point in time I am on the right side of history because it's not easy. As you know, it's not easy to be against the grain. And I know a lot of people that are listening or agree with me, but, you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't. So for me, this moment with Annie Lennox, and I'm going to go back to it at the Grammys yesterday, in her tribute to Sinead O'Connor, calling for a ceasefire was powerful for me because I remember back in 19, I think it was 1992, Sinead O'Connor was on Saturday Night Live and she performed a song and she tore up a photo of the Pope because she was Catholic herself, but her relationship obviously with the Catholic Church was terrible. She had been abused, I think, a number of times. I won't go into the abuses because, one, I I can't remember exactly what happened, but she was very young at the time. I don't know what the repercussions for her for tearing up the photo were on Saturday Night Live, but there would have been. And this is what I'm saying, you know, like to stand up against the grain or against the tide and to say something requires a lot of courage, you know, and this had happened to her. She wasn't speaking, well, she was probably speaking for herself and others, but it was a I think, a really courageous move. Now, the next day, Sinead was at a concert. It was a Bob Dylan birthday tribute concert, and I think it was organised by Chris Christopherson and others. Now, there's a beautiful YouTube video. Go find it. Google Sinead O'Connor, Chris Christopherson, Bob Dylan birthday or whatever, and you'll find it. She gets up on stage. She's wearing this light blue jacket really pretty and, you know, she's got a beautiful face. And she walks up to that mic and she's meant to be singing a Bob Dylan song and she walks up to that mic and she is booed. She's being booed by the audience and it's not only for a second. It goes on for a very long time. I'm going to get emotional about this. She's frozen. She's just standing there and the boos continue and the boos are against her tearing up the photo of the Pope and I guess speaking against the Catholic Church. <clears throat> I knew I'd get emotional about this. Anyway, Chris Christopherson comes out. Now, apparently the pressure on Chris is to get her off, get her off because they want to stop the audience from booing, right? But do you know, do you know that man comes on stage he gives her a hug and he says, he whispers in her ear, don't let those bastards get you down. And, you know, that young girl, that young girl belted out a Bob Marley song, you'll know it, war. And to me that moment was so powerful right, I remember hearing about it. I remember seeing it on television and the power it had and that it was that young woman's fight against the Catholic Church. It was the only way she could share that with the world. And so I think Annie Lennox talking about Palestine when she's paying a tribute to Sinead O'Connor is so appropriate and is so powerful and for those of us old enough to remember we know why we really know why so it has moved me and I'm sure there is a lot of differing opinions yes it's not enough it's way not enough but for me it meant a lot so I wanted to share that with you today I really did all right I just catch up on what's happening So many terrible things are happening. It's been a terrible, terrible week for Gaza. I mean, 120 days of murder and violence by the Israeli government and the terrorist IDF, but in particular this week, they targeted a school and they killed many children there just seems to be no end to their appetite for violence. They are hugely the most despicable pariahs on earth at the moment. And honestly, I just can't find the words that can be published that I can say. I mean, honestly, they're barbarians without a doubt, but they're they're even more than that. And I look at those IDF terrorist soldiers. Today I saw this woman carrying a gun, a boy... A young Palestinian boy on the street, had been hurt, shot, I don't know, and then she just shot him again, just killed him like that. The violence continues, we're still sitting back and the world is watching and no one, no one seems to be able to stop them. So it takes me back to the ICJ ruling, you know, um, where are we at with that? They gave Israel a month to come back and show that they did not have an intent of genocide or ethnic cleansing. And what have they done instead? They up the ante in a way and they have continued their murderous spree. So I don't, I really don't know what happens from here, and I'm angry about it. I'm angry that we're still sitting back and watching. Sure, there seems to be some issues between Netanyahu and Biden and him calling calling names. You know, one, I've seen a few people call each other Israeli members of parliament calling Americans, you know, names and vice versa. And it came out today that Biden thinks that Netanyahu is an idiot or a violent idiot or whatever he thinks. But either way, that name calling is just not enough. It really is not enough. We need some definitive policy now. So I don't, I've got no good news for you in that area and and the violence continues and the violence towards children continues and the violence towards women continues and the violence towards men, Palestinian men, continues. I've seen some horrific violence out there, as I'm sure you have. So all I can say is we wait and see, but for how long, how much longer? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I just want to talk about Antoinette Latourf and she has really she has really been persecuted. So there was that incident where she shared a humanitarian video on her Instagram page that had been shared by the ABC and the ABC sacked her. And that case is ongoing. Right. But she also did an investigation. And I think we've talked about this. We're very, very early on in the conflict. The opera house lit the Australia flag and some Palestinians went to the opera house, not just Palestinians, people that, that cared about humanity went to the Opera House to protest and say, but, you know, what about what about the Palestinians? What about what they're doing to us? So there had been this video circulated by the Australian Jewish Association and it was a video of the protest at the Opera House and there was a chant in the video. We've talked about this and I don't want to repeat that chant because it's truly awful and truly racist, But it said something against the Jews and it was terrible. And that video was circulated right around the world. So you had commentators, journalists, everybody saying, you know, what the hell is happening in Australia? This is terrible. This is racist. It's anti-Semitic. And it was. The audio was terrible and it was anti-Semitic and it was racist but little bits of whispers and conversation and kind of first-hand account, witness accounts, people that were at the the rally saying that they didn't hear those chants. And also what I was thinking at the time, why weren't those people arrested by the police? Because there are as many police as there always are at a Palestinian rally versus others. And I wondered if people were saying those words, those anti-Semitic racist words, why weren't they arrested on the day? Because that's hate speech, right? Why weren't they charged on the day? So there was a whisper starting to come out that that chant wasn't happening at that day. That isn't what happened at that day. Yet the Australian Jewish Association stood by that video Well, the police have done an investigation around it triggered by Antoinette Latouf because she started questioning whether the video and the audio matched, right? And she did a piece on that as a journalist. I think she did it for Crikey. But what's happened is the police have come out this week and said, indeed, the audio and the video don't match and that is not what happened on that day. That is not what the protesters were chanting. You know, this is like the beheading of the babies. Once those stories come out, they create such aggression and such violence that lead people to where they are now. It is so hugely irresponsible and wrong. And it just makes me think about how many times these organisations, such as the Australian Jewish Association, have riled people up falsely, have riled people up in their propaganda And that's the same with UNRWA, that what's happened with the United Nations, the defunding of UNRWA, is very early on that what they start doing is they start seeding some bad stories. That's the propaganda, some bad stories about this, this, whispers. Some of those stories run and some of them don't. But the danger in putting out that false information and those lies Is that you rile people up, and this is how we get into a state of frenzy. And we then are distracted. We become haters rather than wanting to actually affect change positively. And this is where we are at now. And that's, I'll refer back to the WhatsApp group, that group of 600, which, you know, I featured in. You know, I recorded the podcast and I don't want to talk too much about that because you can listen to the previous podcast to know how I felt about it. But, you know, I went back last night and had a read through that. It's a huge document, 20 pages or something. And one, I'm so disappointed with the people that are on it. I'm so disappointed. It's, you know, I know these are my colleagues. A lot of them are my colleagues and they're dobbing, they're dobbing on us. Yeah, oh it's just terrible. I don't know if I mentioned this, but some of them are trying to stop writers and artists from getting funded because they don't like what we're saying. They don't like the message of ceasefire or free Palestine. And you know what else? With that 20-page document which is utterly, you know, most of it so banal and boring, but dangerous to say the least. Um is that it was all about them. It's, it was so very little about what is happening and it was all about how they're feeling. Now, maybe that's why it was set up and I get that. If you want to share your like-minded feelings, your like-minded opinions with like-minded people, I get that. But it turned to hatred very quickly. But what is really interesting is how much they as a group were on the back foot all the time trying to put out fires trying to put out fires with lies or let's make this video let's make you know let's write this piece let's try and stop this you know author from speaking let's try and stop this from happening because they were they're fighting something that is completely organic and what is organic is the world can see what israel is doing to palestine and they're trying to shut that down it's like What the army does, the terrorist IDF, they go in there, they turn off the lights, they turn off the internet, they murder the journalists and they commit their atrocities. It's the same with this group, this WhatsApp group. All they're trying to do is silence people. They're not trying to talk about positively what is happening to them or how they're feeling and truly their feelings I'm over. I mean, you know, you've never... You've never come across a bunch of self-serving people, honestly. It was really very hard to read at times. <laughs> and you, I wanted to say sometimes, oh, for God's sake, go get a life. But anyway, um, 120 days in and Israel is still trying to dish out propaganda, they are buying ads. They are, they're trying, they're, you know, meeting with Meta, they're meeting with Twitter, they're meeting with whoever to try and stop The information that's coming out about what they're doing to Palestine. Now, that's never going to happen. You know, this is the beauty of social media. We didn't have to rely on the mastheads to tell us what's happening. We knew, we saw it, we were getting our information. Well, we are getting our information from journalists on the ground, but yet they're still trying to stop us, they're still trying to gag us, they're still reporting us to, you know, secret service agencies, whatever is happening. So what they're doing is trying to justify I guess the murder of over 30,000 people. Well, good luck with that because we know the world knows. I don't know how that country goes back when it eventually does to being what it is. I mean, you know, I don't know what Israel stands for anymore. To me, it's like, you know, it's a failed state. They're going to live with the fact that they've murdered all those children, that their main industry is developing weapons and spyware to murder people, I'm blown away as to why you would want to even associate with a government like that. It's just beyond belief. But anyway, that's where it is. And just one last thing. There's a video going around, a clip about and the IDF terrorist soldiers again, killing animals. They've taken over a farm somewhere in either Gaza or the West Bank. I didn't look that closely because it was so horrific. And they're slaughtering and dragging animals around. And, you know, I thought there has been that saying, and I I can't remember what it is, but, you know, they say that people that kill animals are a certain type of person, that kill animals for pleasure and think it's funny or think it's, you know, whatever they're thinking. You know what they say about people like that? I think the word is psychopath. And if you're an IDF terrorist soldier and you're walking around killing animals for fun and videoing it and thinking it's funny and you're doing it on stolen land and that could have been food to feed starving people, you need to take a really good look at yourself. Anyway, I think that's it from me today. Go in peace.